When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show live in Orlando from the Harry Buffalo. Hello to all the fine folks here that made their way out and the many that are making their way in. We appreciate you. Come on, join the fun. Should be a good time. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. For those listening back in Tallahassee, hello as well. Wish you were here. Maybe you, in fact, will be making your way to town tomorrow for the game. If you do, swing by the Harry Buffalo as they've been awfully good to us and the food is delicious and there are plenty of cold beverages uh, to your liking as we get set for Florida State and Oklahoma. Feels good to be back in a bowl game, my friend. Feels good to be back amongst the living in the world of college football and to matter yet again. And I think, judging by practice this week and the comments from players as well as coaches, the team cares deeply about winning this game. You never know with bowl motivations, but you don't have to question that with Florida State this season because when you've been starving, you're going to eat. Oh, yeah, you are. And you're going to eat well at Harry Buffalo. A lot of people are right now. I'd say it was Atlanta 2015. Was that the last time we did an on-site bowl show? Has it been that long? For the Houston Sweet game. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You and I down on the field for the uh, Houston game. That's, that's right. a long time ago. That's too long, man. Too long. I was in my 20s. Yeah, frustrating. But uh, I do think we're going to be doing many more of these. And actually, the way things are going, I think we'll be right back here for September, right? We'll be right back here for that big Florida State LSU game. That should be a huge game. My guess is that will be a battle between two top 10, maybe two top 15 teams uh, when they tee it up for uh, Florida State and LSU. But in the interim, we've got this game to play. And it's an exciting time. I got good news. You know how the other day we did a show on Tuesday – and uh, it was kind of a more relaxed show. We were talking a little bit about uh, who's coming back, who's staying, who's going, all of that. And Florida State continues to get good news. You know, we mentioned the defensive tackle that made his way in from Western Michigan and what a big get that was. Uh, and at that time, I had a sense that Florida State would probably not retain two of the three 
remaining players that we are waiting yeah. to get an answer on. Those three players, for those wondering, of course, are Jared Verse, who everybody is watching very closely. Uh, obviously, Fabian Lovett watching very closely, and Jamie Robinson. Those three guys we're still waiting on. Now, all of them say they're going to play in the bowl game. All of them have been here in Orlando with the team, so we know certainly some of them have been practicing. So, uh, you know, it looks good to me, at least, that they're going to play in this game. But I got a little birdie in my ear yesterday morning whoa, whoa. suggesting to me that perhaps I was wrong, that perhaps two of the three will be coming back and that we should hear okay. something soon. So that is the first nugget of news today, that Florida State may, in fact, retain two of those three players. I do not know which two. Now, that would be any uh, two. Well, any of I them. have a preference. Yeah, I know. Uh, but but I know. yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we all Jared do. versus somebody else. Is that is that the list? Uh, I wish. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I heard two of three. So hopefully uh, <laughs> that'll happen. And we'll, we'll, you know, look, I told you that is a very fluid situation. That's a deal where every day my guy gets back to me. And he's a guy that would know, by the way. So we're, we're still trying to figure out what's what with those three players. But the bottom line is, if we're looking big picture here yet again, and how can you not? You're a day away from this bowl game. Beautiful Orlando. You don't hear me say that very often. Hey. How about that? There you go, Orlando. And, uh, and, and, and what I'll say is that roster retention is a big deal because, it, again, it, it speaks to culture. It speaks to a willingness to get after it from the collective standpoint and what you got to do in NIL. But also, you know, what they've been able to achieve in the portal this year, I think, is a direct result of that same thing, which is culture. I think yep. I think the guys want to come play here because they're hearing word of mouth from current players and players that have done that before them about what it's like to arrive at Florida State, be a new face, be welcomed into that locker room, have an opportunity to play big-time college football. Now you're winning games, and in addition to winning games, they all like the coach, they all like each other. That comes across in those visits. They're yeah. brief visits. Those are very important decisions for these players. And I think, obviously, when you've got kids who had opportunities to go play at Southern Cal or Notre Dame uh, or Florida State, and they choose Florida State, that's a big deal. That is a sign that things are changing beyond just the record. Yeah, it means a lot of things. It means that the culture is in place the way it should be in place. It means that the NIL game is uh, – where it needs to be competitive at the very least, you know, and that's where you want it to be as we're here. You know, there's a battles end block party coming up after this, perhaps no coincidence, but you want the NIL game to be where it needs to be. Braden Fisk himself said that when he got on campus and he watched us practice, that was a moment that there was a divider, a separator for Florida state in our favor was, Oh, look at these guys. They like each other. The way practices run is efficient. I'm going to get better here. So you yes, have to yeah. check so many different boxes now than you did even two years ago in terms of getting a guy from the transfer portal or closing the deal for a December final official visit before a high school kid signs with you. And culture is a huge one of those things that worked 10 years ago, two years ago, and today. Florida State's got that in spades. It's nice to see, too, that when you have to compete in the NIL sphere, you can do so with a program like USC. Notre Dame, apparently, word on the street is they're a little bit behind when it comes to those things. USC's not behind in the NIL game. So that's huge to get a win over them for a player such as Fisk. It is also weird, too. You know, every time when you're down in the dumps, as we were as a program for a little while, uh, you, you worry about our proper steps being taken to get back, to get back to where you need to be on yeah. top. And oftentimes, one of the things that you also do is that you develop a woe is me attitude, like the only things bad that happen to a program happen to our program and nobody else's. But yeah. you know what is strange? It's eye-opening in the last 72 hours to think that Notre Dame fans are complaining about Florida State's 
NIL. (laughs) That Florida State is doing a better job than Notre Dame, and they're upset about the collective that helped out in that situation, allegedly, and they are mad about it. Well, so is South Carolina. And I said on Tuesday, if you missed that show, those are good signs. You want programs that you're aspiring to beat and to routinely be better than to be angry at you. That's a sign of jealousy. Yeah. It's what happens when you're good. Everybody gets mad at Alabama and Nick Saban. Everybody gets mad at Ohio State annually. Everybody gets mad these days at Georgia and the way they're doing things or the way we assume they're doing things. Everybody gets mad at Clemson. Well, let them get mad about Florida State. I'd like yep. to be on the other end of that vitriol. I'd like to be on the wrong end of guys making assumptions about what we are or what we are not doing. I love that. Yeah, allegedly. I don't care. You don't have to <laughs> allege anymore. You can just say outright Florida State paid for that. Well, the collective paid for that guy. It's amazing. I like the place that we're in. It, you know, ducks were put in a row after yeah, last yeah. year and the embarrassment that was last December and last signing day. It pissed people off. And then what needed to happen this year was that Coach Norvell won enough to inspire them to continue to give to him, not the next guy. Because here's the thing. If they didn't win enough this year, let's say they went 6-6 six and six or 5-7, and seven, God forbid. But if they did, that money wouldn't have gone to NIL. It would have gone to a buyout and a replacement. It would have gone to the next one. Well, you would have had to start over. And there is no plan B now. You would have been three and four years away yet again, and that is on the heels of being five years in the dumps. So right. you would have been talking about a decade's worth of not mattering. Yep. And we know how these things begin to grow in, in stature in terms of the magnitude of, of things you have to overcome the longer you're away from relevance. Yep. See Nebraska. We bring it up a lot. See Miami currently. Every year they're trying to just convince themselves that they're back with whatever comments that they make. But yep. that, that that's the bottom line. Is I, I think ultimately you were able to cut off the length of time in which you were in dire straits significantly by having this season this year right now and not restarting the whole ball of wax, man. You, well, you're good to go. And the other thing I'd say is, look, with, even though you faced a whole bunch of backup quarterbacks in that stretch after the bye week, who cares? You know, you had to rack up those wins. I don't care because I was listening to some Oklahoma radio this week yeah, in preparation yeah, yeah. for the game. Just how do they perceive it? And they think that Florida State is a better team top to bottom. They're not that delusional. But they're also saying that it's not the strongest 9-3 and three in the world when you consider that post-bye week Florida State went against backup quarterbacks four straight weeks and then a Florida team that was definitely decimated by injury. Those are fair points to raise. The facts. My point is, I don't give a damn because they went 9-3, and three, and that's important to the recruits. That's important to the future of the program. And you know what? They did beat LSU to start the season, and they were competitive in the three-game losing streak. Should have won one of the two at minimum, but it wasn't like they were outclassed when they played better quarterbacks or well, better teams. They weren't outclassed at all. They have taken so many big steps. The thing is that you get the wins along the way. That can help, like you say, expedite the process of getting game changers in here in the portal and in recruiting in high school next year. Perception is reality, and the bottom line is Florida State, the perception of Florida State unequivocally is in a much better place and on the rise yep. no matter what fan base you're talking to, what media analyst college football you're talking to i talk to a lot of them i do a lot of work with other sites for on three and i talk to their hosts all the time these are people from afar who don't care about florida state but their perception is oh wow florida state's about to be back they at least know that now we could argue the validity of the nine and three record we could get into the weeds about well did you catch some breaks here did you get unlucky there we all do that i understand that that's fair that's a fun discussion but at the end of the day, you're right. They, this team went 9-3. and three. They may very well go 10-3. and three. They did change the perception of who they are. And let's not deny this. And this is the other part of it. Because, well, sure, I can bring up the fact that Syracuse and the rest of those teams, you know, I mean, we know so many teams that were bad that Florida State had to beat up at the end. 
listen, there's no getting around what Jordan Travis became this year. Yeah. I mean, he went yeah. from being a guy with a lot of question marks to a legit all ACC preseason Heisman very well mentioned, yeah. certainly, I think, coming up next year. Within, That's a fact. That's what he's become. Within three quarters. You knew by the second half of the LSU game when they made adjustments, whatever they were going to make. Yeah. And we only scored seven in the first half, so there, there was something to be desired. But just the way that he managed the first half in New Orleans, you could see that this is a different cat. This guy, nothing phases him in the way that it did the year prior. He doesn't always bail out of the pocket. If you bring exotic pressures, he knows where to go with the football. That means he has a greater understanding of not only what he's seeing on the other side of the ball, but the offense that he's running. And when that second half started going and we got on that groove, real good groove in the second half, you realize, oh, that's just who he's going to be. The outliers are the mistakes he made this year, not the good plays yeah, he made. Yeah, it's not the norm. When, yeah, you're right. When he makes a mistake, you're like, oh, wow, that's surprising. Well, yeah. that's a bad read from Jordan. Terribly unfortunate yeah. that she threw to Michael Pittman <laughs> in the back of the end zone <laughs> over a game-winning drive. Yeah, yeah, especially since you had another option but on that play. But you yeah. can count on one hand. There's a fourth down against Clemson. There's a play against NC State. There, you yeah, can count on one hand at times. Yeah. Damn it, Jordan. The rest of them, you're going, well done, 13. There you go. So let's lay, let's give you the lay of the land. For those of you that are here, you already know it. You're at the right place. This is Seminole headquarters uh, in, in uh, what's going to be an all-night party. We've gotten it started now. We're kind of the warm-up act as we get everything going. Later on, there's live music right out these doors on the street corner right there. You'll have yeah. the acts. This is the Battles in Block Party as well. We join forces with them. We're happy to do it. Uh, it's exciting. I know that Cole Taylor will be playing. Uh, Tyler Reeve will be playing. Jake Owen will be playing later on. So, if you're making your way into town, a lot of you mentioned it in the chat. A lot of you were listening along as you're making your way in. Know that this is the place to be. Uh, again, if you've never been to the Harry Buffalo, very cool place. And you will be surrounded by Knowles having a good time and uh, make your way into the party into the evening. Late into the evening, I know the block party goes till midnight. So. Yeah, I'm looking outside the front of the Harry Buffalo right now. And that riser and stage out there is a concert level yeah, that's, they're, that's going. Cra they're not on this stage that we're in here which is a wonderful stage yeah. but if you're going to well, be a full act, stage already no if you're going to be a full <laughs> act at the country level you know you're, yeah. you're going to want to be on something like that it's it's like a new orleans setup where they, they shut down a block you can walk to and fro different bars get used to it today because this is what it's going to be like times a thousand when those crazy creoles roll into town in September as well. We're going to have a great time next year, probably right back here at the Harry Buffalo, we believe. We'll see. Negotiations are underway, Tom, so we'll figure it out whether or not they can afford us. Well, our price well, is rising yeah, by the second, yeah, sir. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see if we can get that done, but it'll be a good time. And, yeah, listen, I will be happy to be back in Orlando in September yeah. for that football game. Yeah. You know, I don't often say those things. So we're off to a great start. Stay with us, Chef Capture 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. We're broadcasting live from the Harry Buffalo in Orlando. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Yeah, I can take a hint from you. Broadcasting live from Orlando, Florida, it's the Jeff Cameron Show. We're at the Harry Buffalo. Make your way on over if you're getting into town. I see many of you in the chat are doing just that. Plenty of room for you. Welcome on in. Good times. Open air bar here. We're inside. Outside, they're setting up for the concert uh, later on this evening. Battles in uh, supplying the big block party. We appreciate that. And they join forces with us here at War Chant, and that is a good thing. Uh, thank you, Seth. Appreciate the welcome to Central Florida. Jeff and Tom, hope you guys have a great show. Driving over now, hoping to catch the last half hour live. Go Knowles. That'd be great. Woo! That'd there be great. You go. Yeah, there's your, there's your woo. <laughs> uh, and we appreciate that. Also, would, would note that we appreciate uh, all the warm welcomes from the staff here yep. at Harry Buffalo, but also so many Seminole fans that are already here. I've been able to meet people that uh, have been listening for uh, 20 years and, uh, and more in some cases. So it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, I always get excited to meet the listeners of the show, and it also reminds me how old I am. Since 2001, apparently, which uh, I was in eighth grade when some of the people were listening to this fine program. I remember listening to it in college, buddy. I was driving to Williams for English classes. Yeah, yeah. And I heard your take. I remember, uh, in particular, you did some shows from Denver. Uh, I, I did. I yes. the game against Colorado back in, was that 08, I want to say it was? But, yeah. I was uh, in, in the huge Denver uh I, that, that radio station is the biggest one in Denver, and they had yep. us up on the top floor there where their station is. And I remember thinking it was really cool because my show, the room they gave me, was right next door to two former players, two offensive linemen that were doing yep. shows yep. from Denver. And uh, their PD was really nice, and it was a good time. You're right. You're bringing back memories. It's been a long time ago. And, uh, yeah, you know, the, the road shows are fun, especially when you're excited about the product, especially when you're in the midst of, of uh in this case a come up you know florida state is on the rise and so you feel that energy every time you get on the mic to talk yep. about the Knowles right now because because it's reflected i think in every fan you talk to every florida state fan i'm not talking about jim cameron fan, but every time you meet somebody and talk to them you can sense the the hopefulness and that has not been in place for a long time so that too is no reason to be excited. Uh, look when you talk to Knowles fans the last five years everybody looked exhausted you know, it, like it's almost like well, I guess we gotta talk Beleaguered. about this. But yeah, they had the circle. They look like Jeff Van Gundy after a game in his Knicks career. They got the little, you know, raccoon little things, pockets under their eyes. Tell me we're gonna be better. Tell me that this is that this is the worst it's gonna get. You know, these were the questions that we fielded, and these are the questions that all of you had out there whenever you went to a road game or you came to Tallahassee for a home game. There were fundamental questions about is it finally bottomed out, and are we on the way back up? You don't have to ask that anymore, and that's so nice and refreshing. I would tell you too that I think for Florida State, the evidence beyond the fact that they, you know, the nine wins this year and, and the personnel is, uh, you get so many players right now who are being developed really well, and I, and I yeah. think that to me is something I get excited about. I mean, I, I have my criticisms in the secondary, and I'll stand by that. I, they've got to get a lot better there, and 
Again, I think they should make some changes. But beyond that, Tom, and I'll just stay as far away from you as possible without falling off the stage. <laughs> I think so we it's don't a matter of doing this it. thing. And just, yeah, yeah. And just stay straight ahead, right? Pretend you got stitches in your neck. Um, but but <laughs> anyhow, the, the point would be I, I do see development with offensive linemen. That's yep. a big yep. deal for so long. That wasn't the case. And i got to give Ron Dugan's credit this year. You know, I thought some of the receivers got better as the year went on, and more of them flashed uh, than we had seen in a long, long time, not just the transfers. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, I, I think Portier got better. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I, I mean, he may be on the cusp of a breakthrough. Uh, yeah, well, but makes- he, and, he and Malik were very similar in what they could do as possession receivers. Uh, Malik has more of a breakout ability down the field, but then Kentron made some incredibly difficult catches along the sideline. And, when you talk about those guys as perhaps your fourth and fifth best option going into next year, yeah. I mean, that means you're loaded and you're probably going to lose one of them after spring ball. There's just so many good receivers now at this place. That is one position group that in the matter of 12 months has completely flipped on its head is the receiver. It's the biggest one. Yeah. It was a laughing stock this time last year. Well, it's also why, again, we're happy for Ron because we didn't want Ron to have to go, but he was going to have to go. Right. If things didn't get better, that's the way it is. We're realists on the show, and yeah. even if he's one of our own, you got to go if you're not getting the job done. So that, that's been encouraging as well. I would also uh, tell you that I'm very excited to see now, and I, it, look, look, the next group that has to take a big leap forward, they were much better this year in that they were at the very least – I guess capable would yeah, be the way, yeah. the way to say is the linebackers. You know where I'm going. Like they, yep. they were capable linebackers. They weren't good. They weren't great. They were capable. And I think I think well, they got to get to a place where they take that next big step. Well, and they're going to be capable again with another year in the system. I mean, the best of Kalen Deloach was quite productive. Early quite in the year, productive. early in the year, he was flying and around. Look, Tatum had a had a busted shoulder too. This season, I mean, he was play. You could see the extra wrapping that was on one side of his upper body, and that's not easy to play with. That's got to be very difficult to manage, especially at the linebacker position. Perhaps if you played, I don't know, punter, you wouldn't have to worry about such things. But you, you lead with your shoulder and everything you do as a linebacker. So you get those guys back for another year, and then hopefully Omar Graham takes a step of any kind. He didn't challenge for reps on the, on the two deep this year. That would be an important development in the offseason. And then the true freshman in Blake Nicholson. That could be the changer for you, that perhaps he would be the first guy off the bench. He'll be battling with DJ Lundy and Gant and, and so forth. I think Blake's upside is probably the best at the position on the team, and he hasn't even been here. Uh, just look at him physically. And, you know, he played both ways in high school. He's capable yep. both-way player. And he's also a, a kid that is really dense for his age. And I don't often – espouse a young player coming in and starting right away or even getting significant reps like we're talking about now. Yep, yep. But I think he's probably pretty capable. So that's that's an exciting thing. to do. And that's one of the reasons why I can't wait to see um, what this team looks like suited up because you're going to have different looking athletes. As the roster continues to improve, yep. as the players are developed and they get yep. bigger and stronger, Josh Storms did a good job with the offensive line this year. He did. As yep. you start to see these guys get bigger, all of a sudden – how many years did I talk about the Bama table? How many years did I talk about everybody else looks the part? We're not looking the part. Yeah. Now, clearly, we look, We did look the part in 2013. The other thing is, I mean, you look at the two trench, you look at the portal classes in, in the two sides of the trenches. You know, you've got a guy like Daryl Jackson and now Fisk to work with this offseason. And, and on the offensive side, you've got three maulers. Jeremiah Byers, perhaps, is going to be one of your tackles. Yeah. Uh, but Jackson, um, I'm trying to think of all of them now. And the kid, Keandre Jones. I mean, you've got a lot of large bodies to work with and develop for next year that you can get that depth. What was interesting about this year was that the offensive line depth was actually better than we thought it was going to be. One of the keys to success 
for FSU to get to that eight-win watermark. And in the preseason, that was the consensus, that eight wins is progress. They did one better than that. But you needed to be healthy in the offensive line, and that really wasn't the case this year. Your starting right tackle was hurt in your first game. One of your two ba guys battling for center or perhaps a, a guard replacement in Kane Lyles was not 100%. Darius Washington was hurt for a stretch. Robert Scott missed more than one game. And with all of those things factored in, you still found a way to get to nine wins, which says that the offensive line was just a hell of a lot deeper than we gave it credit for. Well, now you lose two of your starters at guard, both of them. And you lose Jazz Turnitine, who ended up being a de facto starter. And you've replaced them with three able-bodied transfers to go along with Julian Armella, who is rising up the ranks. And maybe, just maybe, they're not done in the transfer portal either. Because if they're not, now you've got more than a two-deep. Whoever the third-string quarterback is, this I mean, it's probably Duffy or, or Rodemaker, whoever loses in spring, even that dude gets better reps in practice. You can see how this thing is building and getting better. Yeah, because you have to be able to test both sides of the line of scrimmage every day in practice. You right. have to be able to make... You know, we always joke about it, right? We've always joked about the iron sharpening the iron. And Corey yep. says it all the time. We laugh at him. Well, it's true, though. What you practice against is elevating or lowering your expectation for what can happen on a Saturday. Yes. If you're going against a lead player from CrossReview every single day, Saturdays might become easy. Well, yep. there yep. haven't been a lot of segment groups where you could say that was the case. No, and, and I got to tell you, that's my favorite part of practice access. You know, they break up and they do the seven-on-sevens. They call it the skelly drill, these other things that they do in the second half of practice. And then they also have trench drills. And, like, 85% of the media goes to the seven-on-sevens, especially early in fall camp because they wanted to see if Jordan Travis was continuing to take a next step. The receiver position was a question mark, so you want to see those guys. How does Johnny look against Amarian and so forth? But I love going to the trenches, man. That's, all, I love that's pretty much how they where battle. I spend my time, too. Yeah. Uh, because that makes every – I mean, to me, that every practice, if you come out of there, the, the way I judge whether they had a good day or not is what happened with the offensive and defensive line. Yep. Everybody yep. else will look, certainly a quarterback or wide receiver or running back or linebacker or corner. Not me. Yep. I'm with you. How did we block? How well was the defensive line playing? How good right. did the offensive line play? Did we have a give and take? The only time that I might deviate this upcoming spring camp is uh, to go watch Hakeem Williams. Uh, I may want to see a couple of reps from that guy. I have a feeling guy. he'll stand out. But, I mean, when you get to see Fisk and Jackson go against these three new offensive linemen, when you get to see what it is that Julian Armella looks like in spring, uh, you know, going against maybe hopefully Jared Verse coming back for another season, all, all of those things, when you get to see those guys go head-to-head -head every day, you can see how it gets better. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story unless there's a break. You pointed to something. Well, no, I was going to say we took a quick break and come right, back. I want to assess that too, by the way, because I actually that's a fun conversation about the competition on the offensive line going into next year. I know we got a game tomorrow. We're all excited about that game. I am too. But when you're on the way up, yeah. you're very excited about the possibilities and how things are improving all the time. Yep. Well, it starts to me with the competition in the spring on the offensive line because you have accomplished players who've been in the system yep. who have gotten better. You have a really good recruiting class from last year. Remember that class they brought in on the offensive line? Yes. It's yeah. a very good class. We like a lot of those they, guys. Yeah. You know, one of them switched to one the defense, of them switched, but still, still you it's know. a good class. Yeah. And, we, and, they, and they were built differently. We talked about yeah. that, right? The clay you're working with there is different than what you yeah. had in the past. Sap and Charlton oh, in the middle. Oh, by far. I they, mean, think what Charlton could be when he gets the bad weight off of him. Yes. And so, he did. He, he dropped a, year quite he a bit of it during the fall. Yeah. So yeah. you're seeing that now. So listen, think about that competition. Think about Julian Armella 
who you would have to think is going to start next year, but then again, maybe not now. You got Rob Scott and Byers to, and Bless Harris competing for those three tackle jobs. Yeah, but I would argue the yeah. two tackle jobs, three guys. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm going to argue that I think Armella ultimately could start over Scott. Well, and you could move any one of those guys around. Byers could come in and play guard for you. Robert Scott, that you know, talking to people around the program, they, they think like the next step. Too. I don't know that he's quick enough, but I mean, for what we like to do, but maybe he is. I, I don't know. You the can, point you is you have bodies to have the experiment. Yeah, You've got yeah. the competition now where I can say on a given week, yep. you know what I want to do? Let's see. Let's see if we can take this guy and move him over sure. here. Because yeah. the, the goal is to get your five best guys well, on the field. Last year, he, I don't want to disparage anybody here, but we know he challenged a certain offensive lineman and said it was yeah. a very important camp for him. Two of them, in fact. Well, yeah. but one of them in particular, you, yeah. they've been waiting on, waiting on, waiting on. And obviously, he failed that test miserably. It was yeah. I mean, I came to you the second day they were in pads and went, well, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. And it yeah. was depressing as we walked off the practice field. And I thought, because you could see it wasn't there. It wasn't well, happening. That flick, it wasn't going to yeah, happen. It, it clicks on at some points. You know, it was. it's easier for a freshman to learn and, and to improve. That's for sure. Sure, sure. Um, like I've seen Alex Atkins challenge all the freshman offensive linemen at different points. And sometimes it gets downright uncomfortable. I won't say who, but one of the freshman offensive linemen did not get the technique right on an individual rep. And these are mental reps, really. They, they got scout teamers there, but they're not there to, to really clash. It's there to make sure that your angles are correct, your leverage is correct. Yeah. Kid got it wrong. Alex makes him do it over. Got it wrong. He did it over again. Buddy, I was standing there for between three and five minutes. That's really because that's about seven or eight reps. It is extremely uncomfortable for everybody involved, but that is how you progress. That's how you develop. We're waiting on you. And yeah. Alex is like, I'm waiting all day. If we got to do this all day, we'll get to them when but we get to them. that's because he sees something in him. And yes. again, we're yes. talking about the body types and the footwork yes. and the overall athleticism and the things that weren't present for any of these other guys in the build-up to where we are now. Right. We saw guys that had to play because somebody has to start. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was well, a terrible feeling. Now you're thinking, well, I don't know. I like this battle. The one thing I'd say, so I'll tell a story very quickly. In spring ball, they do these drills where they have two or three offensive linemen working together, usually two, and they've got to communicate against a twist in the front on a defense. So, you know, it's like a basic stunt, little things where you see the defensive tackle in the end switch, or maybe it's an edge rusher as a linebacker, whatever. But they're trying to confuse the offensive line. Sure. Build the chemistry. That's what they're trying to do. I don't know. The offensive line won maybe more than one or two reps the entirety of a two good weeks of spring practice. Yeah. And I remember talking to a colleague of ours saying, is this drill designed for them to always fail? And he's like, it, they shouldn't. <laughs> They shouldn't always fail. <laughs> and then we get to fall camp, day two or day three of full pads. And wouldn't you know, oh, yeah, they were offensive sure. line passing it off, well, and it was locked down. And you just you see the development, and it's just so fun to watch. That's one of the great reasons, one of the great things about getting into practice, too. Remember Fabian Lovett when he was healthy. Yeah. So we were privileged enough to see a very, very, very healthy Fabian Lovett, which you didn't see again until uh, late in the season. And even yeah. then, I don't, even I don't then. think he was ever back to what he was pre-LSU. So the LSU game, unfortunately, the last series of the game, he gets hurt. The guy that we saw all through camp, the guy that was projected to build his draft stock to a place where there would be no question about whether yep. he stayed or went, yep. and or, or stayed here or went, and that guy could dominate practices, right? But yet he had days where he lost yes. to young offensive linemen, freshman offensive linemen. Yep. That tells you, again, that the – 
level that they've upgraded. The floor is way up from where it was. Well, and the other part of it is the culture, too. You know, Jared Verse loved to go against Armella, and they like to chirp. The both of them like to chirp. Oh, all day. But it's always respectful. And if Armella got the better of Jared, they would allow the, the drill to go the other way. Jared would quietly run over, tap Armella on the keister, yeah. and say, good job, young man. Yeah. Same thing. If Lovett got owned by Demetri Emanuel or a freshman or whatever, he'd come back over, slap their helmet. And he'd say, all right, good job. Good job. I mean, Love that it. doesn't always work. Sometimes the defense and the offense don't get along on the same team because one's killing the other or one's not pulling their weight. And I'm tired of having to pick up your mess. Yeah, yeah. That's not the case here. These guys like to work together. I don't know that that will always be the case. I think, honestly, this, from a, a culture and a, and a togetherness Probably standpoint. Probably the best it's going to be right now. Yeah. It always is when you're rising. Yes. always is when you're rising because everybody sees that this thing has gotten better through hard work and they appreciate the guy next to him. At some point, the competition becomes so fierce just to crack the yep. starting group that it, it, there's a fight a day. It can happen. Yep. Actually, it's kind of what you want to happen. You want to get to a place where that has to be broken up on the regular. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. not toxicity, but just competition right. is what I'm talking about. Yep. We're broadcasting live from the Harry Buffalo in Orlando if you are in Orlando and listening to the show, uh, come on over. It's a good time. Knowles everywhere. They abound here and they're filling the place up. We love that. We appreciate that. We really, really do. And we're probably going to be back here for the LSU game. So this is a good test run for all of that. And of course, don't forget the block party coming up tonight right after this. Uh, we'll be here for a longer extended War Chant meet and greet. Everybody will, the rest of the crew will be coming up here. Should be fun. And then, of course, live music later on tonight. And we appreciate the battles in. Uh, joining forces with us. So if you're in the area, swing on by. If not, make your way over here. It's Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show broadcasting here in Orlando at the Harry Buffalo. Great to be back with you. Appreciate you listening back there in Tallahassee as well on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and watching here in the chat on War Chant TV as well. We see you all, and we thank everybody who made their way out here this afternoon as well. Good times for Florida State again. That's kind of the theme and the reason we're all very excited to be on location Live from Harry Buffalo's 129 West Church Street here in Orlando, if you're wondering. Again, that's 129 West Church Street here in Orlando. If you're wondering, the battle's in, hosting a block party. We'll get off the air at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, uh, 3 to 4 o'clock. It'll be a war chant meet and greet. Tom and I have a little bit of uh, pregame stuff we got to do for uh, preparing for tomorrow, and then we'll be doing some stuff like that as well up here. And then, uh, then it's just going to be a nice, relaxing Ice cold beer for yours truly. Oh, buddy. Perhaps taking in some uh, sights and sounds and shaking hands with uh, my fellow Knowles and having a good time. That's, that's I think it's fair to say that for the pregame segments, which are not carried uh, well, live on the radio, we, we, we might you might have a beer. You yeah. might imbibe a little bit there, uh, and, and and for good reason. You know, one thing we we've not talked about is the actual game itself, and for good reason we have the opportunity to talk about it. Uh, you know, next hour, as I said, when we're going to do some of that pregame stuff. But I would tell you that uh, the game, to me, and I, I brought this up earlier this week, and I knew there would be some pushback for it because when you're here, you might as well 
play to win. You want to win the game. And they will play to win. I didn't want people to mistake what I was saying. I, I just thought it was a kind of an afterthought because Florida State has achieved what they needed to achieve, in my estimation, um, in order to turn the corner to get to where you can have an opportunity to be good, sustained periods of time and recruiting on down the line. you got to have that season. And so it, it, it was nice. It was nice that they were able to do that. This is the reward. I want them to win. But if they don't, I'm saying it's not a disaster. That's all. That's the only thing I was making mention of. Somebody asked me about it the other day. Like, Wait, you don't think it's important that they win? I'm, no, important's an interesting word. No, I don't think it's applicable here. I, I don't. I don't think it's important. This is where we disagree. I, you don't think it's important either, Tom. You want them to, <laughs> and you think, uh, listen, hold on. Tell you, me what I believe. Well, Go here's ahead. what I, I will. Because you don't believe it's important. You're not going to make that argument. You're going to say if they can use it. They can use it to pull the wool over the eyes of recruits by saying, hey, they beat Oklahoma. Hey, they got 10 wins. You're not saying it's important, but you're saying that you would like to have it in your arsenal. I'd say that it is important to be able to pull the wool over the eyes of recruits (laughs) and declare a 10-win season. I think that's very important. Anything that you can tell a recruit to convince them to come your way, they're not going to check the, the records. They're not going to say, hey, you played four backup quarterbacks. Listen, the early garbage. Signing, that LSU team in week one was nothing. They're not going to say that. The early signing period already happened. You can't go back oh, and go, hey, wait a minute. We no, won no. another game. It's for 24 recruits. Oh, because you could say back-to-back 2024 no recruit is going to say, say, well, you know, I'm glad you won that Oklahoma game. I was a little unsure until you won the Cheez-It Bowl. No, <laughs> I feel like recruiting is like driving a cruise ship. When you make a choice, that choice has a legacy that lasts beyond the moment that you steer the wheel. That's Anything you do this year affects 2024 greatly. So if you can declare 10 wins – in 2020 to the 2024 kids that's much better than going nine and four i think that makes a it's difference not now. much better i don't think it makes a world of difference <laughs> it might with a kid i don't i just don't if if this were a playoff game obviously it would mean if it was a if different it, if it, yeah if it was a new year's day game and you were you know i i just come on the peach bowl is a lot more important for example between yeah. uh you know the, the, that battle uh, is a lot more important than between ohio state uh, in Georgia. Than, right. Than oh, of course this, it is. Well, yeah. not just in terms of the magnitude in college football. What I've seen is they're playing for the right to play for a national championship. You're winning an exhibition game. You've already had a good season. Oklahoma doesn't have their two starting tackles. A lot of the guys, they've had a bad year. They're 6-6. Six and six. Now, this is where our fans... Your defenses are up. I get it. No, no, no. You're guarding against the Oklahoma curse living on. Well, we do have a curse against Oklahoma. There's no doubt about that. I, I One thing I will say, I, I think it would be different to your point, if they were fully loaded and ready to play and excited to play and had a good season. And I think our fans probably believe, I said this in the air at the time the announcement came down, and you know I didn't say it because I have Oklahoma ties. Florida State deserves better. We, we, are, we are a much better team right now than Oklahoma and had a much better season and they deserved a better opponent. But that's not what happened. You got Oklahoma. Now, from a name recognition standpoint, from brand recognition, it's great. People will tune into this game because it is Oklahoma and Florida State. And those two brands go a long way. And for that reason, I'm excited. Should be a great crowd. The enthusiasm surrounding the bowl is partly due to the brands. I agree with that. Just in terms of what it means to beat that team. If we're getting them into it, what it means to beat that team not that much. Not compared to what you achieved this year in the season. No, and, and again, that won't go away if you don't beat them. 
again, part of it is, you know, how many guys they're down, uh, guys that have opted out. They've got one of their tackles that's projected to be a late first-round pick. That's uh, going to make a difference. They like the younger players that they do have. But one thing I will say about this game is in, in a lot of bowl situations, you've got teams that are in very different places. Correct. They're investing. Correct. Remember the Chick-fil-A Bowl that, we, you know, it's the last game we covered on site. Houston, FSU. Did one team care to be there and another team kind of go through the motions? Correct. Absolutely. Houston cared. That was Houston Super Bowl. UCF did this for years. That's why they claimed paper national champion, faux national championships, because they cared to be there and other teams didn't. That's just true. That happens in bowl settings. All right. What I will say about this particular bowl, though, is that with Oklahoma playing so many younger players and Florida State having guys not opt out and participate in this game. You think the level of care will be high? For both teams. And I think that makes for a much well, more enjoyable exhibition when both teams care to be there. They're both Ivan Drago instead of just one Ivan Drago trying to kill Apollo Creed. Well, know this. Oklahoma does recruit well, so it means yep. something when you talk about their backups playing and playing hard and caring because it's a level of athlete that comes with it that can do something about it. So I'm not suggesting that OU, who had a bad year and really was a Jekyll and Hyde team, they were a very strange team to watch. One week you'd think, oh, well, this is a dominant team with a lot of speed and plenty of depth. And next week you'd go, good God, this team doesn't care to be out there. Their defense can't get a stop. It was a very strange year for Brent Venables in year one. And I think that fan base is looking at him a little jaundiced, wondering, well, what happened here? But it is year one, and we see transitional years are very difficult sometimes, so they, they understand. Yeah, I got a theory on that because Brent Venables is notorious and uh, lauded, depending upon what side of the ledger you're on, for completely changing a defensive scheme week to week based upon what doesn't work or, yeah. or what an opponent can't do and can't execute against. Like So you can't just say he's a 4-3 or a 4-2-5 or a 3-4. He's multiple as hell. Correct. And that's got to be really hard on a first-year defense as you're getting the playbook completely ripped away from you, a brand new one to study in short order, and you don't really have the horses to run it like Clemson. Certainly you don't like Clemson, but not the guys that Brent wants to. That's where you see different performances, like against Oklahoma State, they force four picks from Spencer Sanders. Mm -hmm. And then against Texas Tech, they're not, they didn't allow a point after the first quarter, and by the end of the game, Tech has 51 on the board. It they allowed bizarre. 51 in three quarters plus overtime. It was bizarre to watch him, and I did. I watched the extremes, the emotions that went all the way up here, all the way down here. It was strange to watch that team every week. I never knew what I was going to get uh, from that team, and that's why I do say I wonder which team's going to show up. You're right. They could very well show up. They have athletes. Uh, they're probably hungry because you got a lot of young guys trying to earn time for next year. There's no doubt about that. The good news is the scouting report on them, what they get wrong, is actually consistent with Clemson. When Clemson went back, even with all those athletes, how did they get gashed? They were misaligned at the snap. And I think that's that's a function of being very complicated as a defense. It's kind of like side adjustments as a receiver in Jimbo Fisher's offense mm. or progressions as a, for a quarterback in Jimbo's offense. It's really complex. You've got to be Jameis in the matrix to understand all the idiosyncrasies that are involved. And you can't really be that dense as a receiver either to be in Jimbo's offense. In the same way on defense for Brent Venables at Clemson, when they went bad, they were misaligned pre-snap. And that's the complaint that's coming out of uh, Norman from that fan base is they're misaligned a whole lot and they don't tackle all that well. So those two things combined against the rushing attack and the offense like Mike Norvell provides, which is all kinds of misdirection, that bodes very well. That's no surprise that you project Florida State to score a bunch, but these are the reasons why they are on pace and probably should score a bunch tomorrow. When you're talking about Venables and what he does, this is interesting because one of the things he does, you don't often see uh, – 
efforted in any way in college because you don't have as much time with the players like you do in the NFL. In the NFL, the defense that changes the most week to week is Cincinnati. If you watch Cincinnati's defense, they will run entirely different schemes week to week based on opponent strength. It's actually one of the reasons they're so much better this year. That offense hasn't yeah. always had to bail and, them out. They've been able to get stops. And that's why different defensive linemen every week are like, I thought that guy was good. Yeah. And it's like, it's not his fault. They're asking him to do something completely different um, week over week. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So you see NFL, like elite NFL DCs, if they've got personnel they trust, and they've got smart football players, see New England, guys like that. They will change completely what they ask you to do. Venables has done that in the college ranks, and it is rare. But he did it because he built up that equity, that trust with that team at Clemson for a long time. Now you go to OU, and you're trying to get these guys to buy in, understand, and and trust that they know what they know, and then you're going to add to it. But I think probably in year one there were moments in time when he added to it when they didn't have a full grasp of what they were doing the week before. And you've seen that. That's that's why you see that inconsistency, too. And that's the argument for could they put something together to confuse us. It's a bowl game you have forever to install for this particular game. That's why it's also hard to handicap them. If you have a team that's invested and you have brand-new wrinkles that have not been on film in the 12-game season, specifically tailored to an opponent, that's where, I mean, it wouldn't stun me if this game is 14-all after a quarter, and it wouldn't stun me if it's, seven to three or three to nothing because of the confusion. There's rust and then there's confusion. That's why bowl games are so hard. But I think once you get into the flow of it, you should expect us offensively to handle business. Hope so. And I think Florida State is in a position, again, where they feel very good about themselves. They had everybody back. All those guys practice. All those teams seem very, very uh, excited about, I mean, all those weeks leading up to this game seemed to be filled with guys who were wanting to play together, wanting to invest yet again wanting to succeed and win that 10th game and be the 25th 10-win season in Florida State lore. And so, uh, you know, I mean, that 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 goes a long way, man. They're all on the same page. They're all invested. They all care very deeply about winning. In the two and a half minutes that we have left here before we set into the next hour, what's your sense of how they're going to play? I mean, it's a bowl game, so it's really hard. But Sometimes Because you're going tomorrow. So when you're in the building tomorrow, you bring the boys with you, which yeah. is cool. They're here on the road trip. Saw them uh, just yeah, a couple hours yeah, ago as we were setting up. What do you expect to see? I think we're going to play well. I, I don't. I never know with the defense. You know, I, I, I harp on this. They've had wonderful stretches uh, this year where they played great, and I can't take that away from them. But they're the unit I trust the least. They're going against a pretty damn good quarterback who can make all the throws. We've seen Dylan Gabriel. Everybody knows who he is. So I, I, there are athletes on that side of the ball, and I, I, you know, I don't know how they'll play, but I think the offense is going to play very well. I think they're excited. I think Jordan Travis gives you that steadiness that you need at the most important position on the field. There's no reason to think he'll play poorly. Uh, I think Mike and Alex do a great job of game planning. I say that every week. I think it bears repeating. The game plan is usually sound. Execution isn't always sound, but the game plan is usually very sound here. I have no reason. Look at that game face on Mike all week long, man. All the interviews that he did, even the one with Brent Venables today. I mean, that guy cares about this game, and he has sent the message to his team that it's important. Yeah, the thing I'm looking forward to is seeing Jordan Travis play uh, freely, and he should be less banged up than he was at the end of the regular season, certainly. The best part that he did in the second half, the best thing he did in the second half of the season, best part of his game, was that when he was in danger, he got down. He got away from contact. He yeah. didn't take on contact. Flashback to the first and second game of the season. He's throwing blocks. 
and we're thinking, Jordan, for crying out loud, you're our last line here. <laughs> don't need here. you to do that. Yeah. We don't need you doing that. And then post-injury, I think he wised up. He's like, oh, okay. If I'm going to be in the open field, I need to get down. The evolution of his game is he becomes more comfortable, and now he knows he's not going anywhere else. He's coming back next year. I look forward to seeing him play loose and free tomorrow in a way that maybe he hasn't in a little while. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with us. Jeff Cameron Show broadcasting live here in Orlando, Florida. We are at the Harry Buffalo. Looking forward to stay with you here. Another hour to go. If you're in the area, swing on by. Of course, block party afterwards. I've talked about it all afternoon. But just a reminder for those tuning in, uh, the Battles in Collective, putting on a block party, had joined uh, forces with us this week, and so we're excited to do that as well. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll give you more details next hour. All right, more of the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.